2: Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast, where two bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate, and I'm joined by my semi regular, well, regular co host ish. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> <So I'd laughs> Who knows? Uh, Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, Luke. Just the two of us today. No, Ben. And this is the first time in the entirety of the show that Ben isn't here.
0: I think, you know, get well soon, Ben.
2: Um, oh he's got Covid
0: yeah he's got the vid. sorry Ben but um, hashtag pray for Ben um, yeah. but in many ways don't blame the virus but I think Glenn can only have himself to blame because didn't he just say last week that he hadn't missed a
2: single episode it was the only consistent That's exactly he, he. yeah he said those exact words and I think he even coughed a little bit on the last word <laughs> I haven't missed a single episode <laughs> that was it that was it <laughs> that was when they were, that was when it was getting in <laughs> yeah. um i mean i'd like to
0: say at this point i've never been unavailable for an episode because i'd won millions of pounds and was busy collecting that money yeah i've never i've never not been able to make an episode because i was doing that um it's... any reason that you've never had uh, any inability an to make an episode luke
2: <laughs> <Hang on>. <laughs> <laughs> i've never not missed a show uh I've never not missed a show. I've never... I've missed some shows. And I've... I've missed some shows. I think I've missed more episodes than you by this point. <laughs> Only
0: two. Maybe <laughs> maybe in the last couple of months when I've been more of a permanent fixture, but you got a good, like, couple of years on me. <laughs> you could You'll take catchy. a year off.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, cool. So, have we got any horror news? This is normally Ben's segment. He normally has, like, tons of preparation. He turns into uh what's his name john snow from the bbc yeah he's got a
0: a ton but what what have we got in his in his stead you got nothing luke
2: i have some horror adjacent news uh there is a game that's been rumored to be coming out based on one of my favorite maybe even my favorite property i don't know if that's true well it's the robocop game they're making oh really yeah, T is a trailer game. It doesn't really show much. It just says, like, the title. And on his leg gun, you know, his leg pops open. Yeah, it comes is, out. It's a little end.
0: pistol. <laughs> All right. what well, do we know anything about what type of game it is? Or is it? Because I know there's um, just an Alien game recently,
2: right? Which is a online team game. I hope it's not that. I don't, um, I don't know. I think it's made by the people who made the last Terminator game, which was apparently... Okay. Half decent. I've not, not played that one, but I mean, it looks very original RoboCup, very Paul Verhoeven RoboCup, and not so much the whoever made the recent Ninja RoboCop one. Yeah,
0: although I didn't hate that, it was fine.
2: It's fine, yeah, yeah, yeah. I quite like the reveal where it was, it's like, oh, I'm actually just a head in the liver or whatever yeah. organ, just a like a little the little
0: pulsating sack, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll be in for that. I'll I'll give a new, new Robocop game a try.
2: Yeah. I do um, wonder with
0: all these franchises and stuff, because just this week, didn't NetherRealm, like the Mortal Kombat developer, say, it's official, we're done, we're not doing any more MK11 um, content, we are officially working on our next project, whatever that may be? So amongst the inevitable Injustice 3 rumours also oh, because yeah, of the yeah. amount of horror characters they keep putting in Mortal Kombat games there's always like a undercurrent of a rumor that they will just do like some kind of horror franchise mashup at some point cuz they've cool. done all the yeah. big ones across major games so across like Mortal Kombat 9 10 11 you've got Freddy. Robocop Terminator Freddy Jason Leatherface um, who else is there
2: people are well into that kind here. of thing these days yeah, people love I'm getting on that. Yeah. Who would you like to see in it?
0: Um, Pinhead, obviously, would be good.
2: Be a good oh, Mortal Kombat yeah. in,
0: a, in in like a Mortal combat engine, he'd be
2: fantastic. He would be perfect um, for Mortal Kombat, actually. Yeah. Opening up bottles great. with chains popping out, ripping people apart. Yeah,
0: who else? Um leprechaun,
2: he'd be good. Oh yeah, there's so many great ones actually. And I can't think of any. Oh pumpkin <laughs> pumpkin head. Pumpkin head, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Who I can't think of any. Um has Michael Myers been in Mortal Kombat yet?
0: I don't think he has. I don't think he has. I think he's the there only one of the of your biggies that hasn't.
2: Yeah, and he's pretty tall as well. He's pretty big. Uh I saw as well they were talking about Halloween films, they're tie, kind of start tying it into Halloween three. Th- these um do you see that? This is the, the new
0: one. I know I saw the trailer, but I like you, Luke. I got to about halfway through the trailer and I was like this is the whole film. Stop! Stop at once. So I haven't even watched yeah. the last bit of the trailer. I've watched it until the bit with the season of the witch which masks come in, and then I thought I've seen enough. I'm like, I was yeah. going to go anyway, so I, I haven't watched the end of the trailer yet. Yeah. Um, so you say they're officially tying it in.
2: Well, so I'm just seeing something here. It's about the tying in the Celtic mythology that like that pulls together all of the Sam um. Halloween lore together okay. which um, I know was a bit was in the novelization of the Halloween movie I don't know um, I mean it's even in number three three the more I think about Halloween three I, I think the more insane it is
0: <laughs> I think it's my second favourite
2: one <laughs> yeah same yeah I'm quite excited to see what I'd like to see and do something a bit crazy with it I like thought first, the first one the first film in the franchise has just got to be quite simple and down to earth and it's just got to be a big guy killing stuff and eventually, it's got to get more and more ludicrous. You've got to get to Friday the 13th, part six, that kind of...
0: Yeah, and to be oh, fair, Michael, Michael Myers, he has not been to space yet.
2: Yeah, exactly. He needs to go to space.
0: Has Freddie been to space? Maybe in a dream, but not in not
2: IRL. So only no, Jason, really, yeah. Pioneer. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have too much more news. What uh, What else is going on?
0: Um, I don't see much in the way of news apart from new releases that we're about to see. Cause I know a lot of people are talking about fear street has started coming out, but we are doing yeah. that in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. trilogy's worth. Yeah. Um, so we shall save that for the day. And then last week was when we had all of the trailer drops. So other than that, it's pretty,
2: pretty dry, dry week
0: quiet, but that's
2: okay. Yeah. Um, have you seen anything this week? You've been playing much?
0: Um, I finally got hands on a PlayStation Five the other day, so I have been playing completely non-horror-related game, um, Astro's Playroom to begin with, and that <laughs> is a delight, I tell you. If you ever like, if we ever talk about remedies for horror, if you ever watch something that's a little too spooky, you worried about um, having nightmares, yeah, put a bit, put a bit of Astro on. He's a jolly chef, isn't he? He, he? he takes all them cares away with his little wave that he gives you.
2: Dancing. The the VR one was one of my favourite games from the last generation.
0: Yeah, the VR one was great. It was probably the main reason I ended up getting a VR headset for my PlayStation. I have platinumed yeah. two games on the PlayStation, both Astro Bot games.
2: i <laughs> <laughs> tell you something. Yeah, they are great yeah. games, though. Pretty yeah. fun.
0: Other, other than that, on the Xbox, I'm on... Cheeky bit of Game Pass again, and I'm playing Man Eater. Don't weigh the shark. That was good. I'm going around just chomping people up.
2: Yeah, there was a Jaws game years ago that was quite similar to that, right?
0: Jaws Unleashed, yeah. yeah. I remember that coming out. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's good. It's good fun, just swimming around, eating some folks, willy <laughs> nilly But yeah, it's it's uh, it's good. And I saw the news last week, but I think you shared it on the show, right, that they are there's at least rumours of the team behind the medium doing new silent hill which should which should be fun
2: yeah, yeah yeah
0: to get up on some horror games now i've completed that sweet little robot game
2: yeah well i've just rolled credits on days gone which um it took a long time to get there it's like 50 hours or so i would say definitely worth playing i've already talked large about it but if anyone's got any horror or game recommendations for what to play next i'm currently looking I'm not too sure what to go for. I've got so many games in my library that I've yet to play, and yet I'm still looking on the PS. Yeah, like, I remember when
0: I, I when you put on a on the Discord group about, oh, what should I play next? And at first, I politely suggested something nice and you know, nice and gentle, like maybe Paper Beast. And there's actually fucking get on with Dead Space, <laughs> just one and two.
2: Wait, are they on? Uh, are they on PlayStation Four?
0: I guess they. Are. I think it was multi-format. Let me check. So they were. Oh, it might. They might not have been transferred off PS um, three, maybe. But it's backwards compatible on the Xbox. So I don't know when, would, why they wouldn't have done it on both. I'll look we'll into find, it. We'll find out it. live.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Dead Space is up there. I've Been meaning to play it for a long time. It scared the crap out of me when I, I first tried to play it years and years ago. Just that initial. Running away from the what is it, necromorph? Or something? Yeah, the necromorphs. And there's Dead Space does it so well that in
0: you know you get into one of these sections, and because it's a game, they don't really have you fight anything when you can't do anything about it. But in yeah. in Dead Space, that first encounter you have is relentless. You don't have anything, so you can't fight it. You just have to run back to this lift. Yeah, um, and it's terrifying, and it's great um but dead space 1 and 2 are both um fantastic
2: definitely definitely worth the time just remember i've got alien isolation sitting on the shelf as well oh um, you, I, I thought
0: you i thought you'd done that no, no. oh no, Maybe do that that's then the next
2: one. if
0: you've got it alien isolation is fantastic genuinely i found it like sometimes i'll get into a game i'm sure you've been the same with days gone and then you have really mammoth sessions on it then you? you you go through quite a lot and you think oh I've i'm caning through this yeah yeah. it's really compelling stuff alien isolation is really compelling but it's also incredibly stressful so when i was playing it (laughs) until i got to the inevitable bit towards the end where everything's about to explode and you're naturally accelerating Mm -hmm. in the tense bits for like the first i'd say about three quarters of the game i could only do a chapter a night even if i had more game time in me i was like i'm too stressed i've gotta i've gotta (sighs) stop because it is
2: really, really <laughs> Even tense. thinking about it now, it's very to my pulse. Uh, is this going to be another Outlast situation where it's like... I don't know if it's... I mean, it is fun in a way, but it's also like shaving years off my life, I think.
0: Yeah, it is. It's hard going. Like, yeah. my um, one of my dogs got me killed because, like, at the time, um, I was playing it on the previous Xbox, and if you had a connect, it could put certain features on whereby if you were hiding you could lean and the camera on your Xbox would notice you were leaning. You could lean around <laughs> things and look, but yeah. it would also pick up the sound on the microphone. So if you're uh, hiding yeah. from the alien in the cupboard, you have to be very quiet. Otherwise it'd hear you. Yeah. My dog barked at someone. Xenomorph <laughs> come and like ripped me out of a locker I was hiding in. I was like, oh, Ricky, what have you done? You've killed us all.
2: Yeah. Betrayal.
0: Yeah. yeah. But it's good. It's 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 really good.
2: Okay. I might give that a go I've I've just downloaded, uh, there's a redux of the Metro games as well. I downloaded the first one, so I might whip through that as well.
0: I've really wanted to get into those, because they're meant to be fantastic. Have you read the book?
2: No. Maybe I should, I
0: don't know. I've heard heard it's good, but I think you can enjoy the game without reading the book. I just haven't done either.
2: Yeah. Um, Let's make a note. Yeah, but the but... game.
0: The game list is the game list is probably the most daunting of all the backlogs I have. Because films, you can kind of check a couple off if you have got a quiet afternoon, can't you? But a game, it's a a lot of them are a big, big old slog if you try and get into them.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about that. So, fifth Days Gone is like it took me about fifty hours. Like that's massive. Like that's un. Yeah. un I mean, I don't like a TV season these days. What eight episodes or eight hours of content? The game's like 50 hours. That's insane. And no wonder they take so long to make. Like, I keep like, telling myself, like, I'm just going to do,
0: like, I've got a couple of Assassin's Creeds. I was about two thirds of the way through Origins. And I've yeah. got another couple that have been out since then. And I, haven't, I need to get back to Origins and remember how to play it and everything. And I think, yeah. you know, I really want to enjoy the story. What I'll do is I'll pick one of these things up and I'll just run through it. And I never do. Like, I don't just run through the story. I'll be like, just collect this. I'll just yeah. do that. Just go up here. And then before you know it, it's like oh goodbye hundreds of hours. So it's a big, it's a big commitment. So I'm I'm a big fan of when you get a game like uh you played Hellblade, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I love that one. Like
0: really, really good and also super self-contained. Things like Inside as well and um and limbo. Yeah. It's like, okay, here is a the thing. There is some extra stuff if you want to explore, but by and large, six, 12 hours you'll be, you'll be done with this. Like season of a TV show.
2: Little Nightmares kind of fits into that box as well.
0: Yeah. I'm about yeah. two thirds of the way through that.
2: Uh number one or two?
0: Number
2: one. I mean, it's so good. Number two is really good as well.
0: Yeah, I will pick up number two. I'm determined. I'm gonna do what the opposite of what I usually do, whether when I see number two come out, buy it so it can just sit in a like a big yeah. digital pile. I haven't bought it, I I'm gonna get it after I finish number one and probably yeah save myself some money on it for a change rather than just buy it on day one and be that. Like, oh well in the pile i'll
2: tell you what um i have been watching and this might shock a lot of people and i'll tell you why after i told you what it is i've been watching we've watched the entire first season of riverdale and i'll tell you why me and my fiance are looking for more excuses to watch tv together and we're taking it in turns i chose sweet tooth last time which is foolishly only one season long i should have gone for something they gave me a lot more breathing room, because she's gone. She's really into Riverdale, and we're watching it, and it's like four or five seasons long. And I have to say, it's not—it's not as bad as I've been making it out to be. for these past hundred or so episodes, it's fine. It's—I mean, once you get into it, it's like any soap opera. You kind of just want to know
0: you want to what see it, what's going to happen next. Exactly. My, yeah. My wife, she. Karen hate watches a lot of stuff, so she watched Maths, Married at First Sight, Australia. Um <laughs> yeah. and there's a podcast we listen to um called Batch Pitch, which is about it, which is how I learned about it in the first place. And uh, they're very funny. Um and the program is obscene, and Karen will often end up watching an entire series like that. Yeah, but disliking it intensely the whole time through. But be like, But I do need to know what happens. Um, I don't think I'm even uh, disliking it. I've caught in on these I've caught in on these things and it's fine. It's just yeah. Fun, entertaining stuff. As part of Riverdale, do you get to watch
2: Sabrina though? So it's horror adjacent. Well, it does get very horror adjacent. Um, I think it's called Greenville, isn't it? They, they talk about going to Greenville a fair bit. But well, the first season is just like a, a murder mystery. And then the second season starts with a guy called the Black Hood, who's like a Jason kind of character. Um, and then, I mean, I've seen hints of what happened in the, in the later seasons. And I think it goes all out. Afterlife of Archie, I don't think it's zombies, but uh, I think it does have a lot of horror. horror does it
0: elements. go? But Hollyoaks After Dark levels of shenanigans, and Hollyoaks is on that, at nine.
2: <laughs> that's like the booby one, right?
0: Yeah, and Robert Hawthorne's doing a murder. <laughs>
2: um, I will tell you what, I'm, I'm quite i'm i'm not I'm not going to say it's the best thing ever, but I will say it's very watchable. Riverdale.
0: All right, maybe I'll. Uh, yeah.
2: The cheese factor is is strong. The cheese factor is strong.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Then, did you ever watch the Scream series that MTV did a couple of seasons of it?
2: Uh, no, I didn't. I got a couple of episodes.
0: I really liked it in the end. Yeah, I feel like that has like, because it's MTV. Maybe it has what I guess yeah. would be Riverdale vibes. That maybe is you can the try vibe. That, that maybe MTV you can try that TV with
2: vibe. Yeah, I think she's even seen it, um, but now I'm um, i'm already trying to pick out what am i going to watch what's my choice going to be after we get through riverdale um it's something long maybe x files eastenders (laughs) never ended (laughs) (laughs) i've done
0: it (laughs) (laughs) um what could you do um it has to be something you've already seen that you want like her to experience or is it could it be something completely new that you just fancy
2: um, I think something completely new I probably want to watch. Um, although I've been meaning to watch Fringe again, so maybe I'll watch Fringe.
0: You recommended that to me, that's been on my list ever since.
2: It's good, yeah. It's um, uh, very X Files but a bit more uh, modern. X Files yeah. would be a good choice. I marvel how don't. many seasons it takes
0: for Scully to believe him. You at this point, <laughs> one season in, you just give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe it is something spooky. I'll, I'll go with you on this one, but no doubt until the end even when she has an alien baby
2: yeah yeah it's worth it um and yeah other than that just, yeah. just just this film go and censor yeah. censor yeah uh, let me do my best ben, in, uh, ben Arrington impression censor yep. 2021 is the I can't do the accent um, censor from 2021 is a film directed by Prano Bailey Bond written by Prano Bailey Bond and Anthony Fletcher Um, It's about uh, a lady, Enid, after viewing a strangely familiar video nasty, a film censor sets out to solve the past mystery of her sister's disappearance, embarking on a quest that dissolves the line between fiction and reality. Um, On IMDb, sitting at 5.9 out of 10. Rotten Tomato critics are giving it an 88%. The audience score is at 57%. Letterboxd has it a bit higher than average, at 3.2 out of 5 some choice reviews here we got ian slash sawyer but really genuinely disturbing and such a good idea for a plot i love the set and costume design too as it wasn't too hey remember this from the 80s in your face and then the very next view uh says this is in your face 80s five stars (laughs) both of those people gave it five stars um yeah on on the negative side of it um Manny Cantor said, what a piece of trash Born into the highest levels? A bad movie with no sense. Can't believe I watched it till the end. Censor also need to ban these kind of rubbish. Beware. So they've taken it upon themselves to sort of act as the censor.
0: As the censors uh, to... For the to film censor.
2: censor. and you like imagine that's if that's what
0: censors did? Like you said, oh, sorry, this one wasn't very good. Cancel. I didn't like this one. Cancel, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
2: last uh, one Mr Murdoch who I think uh, Moonlights is a crime fighter in Hell's Kitchen said meh kind of slow I liked the aspect ratio choices one star so he gave it a one star purely for the aspect ratios one star what I look for like any film. Ratios. I go is that 16 by 9 you got two stars already
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's your baseline you cannot <laughs> yeah. take that away
2: <laughs> yeah um, yeah I mean it's, it's weird it seems to be a bit divided uh, um, I can see I can see where people are coming from from both sides uh, but I I mean I haven't seen Saint Maud yet but I have to say I've been really I'm thinking of his house uh, and this and host and um, I feel like there's a lot of really great there's a bit of a scene of indie horror uh, sorry British horror at the minute I'm really enjoying the kind of unique uh, uh, take on it that seems to be coming out from here
0: yeah I think for for me and we'll get into proper reviews in a bit but I'm with you, because I also haven't seen Saint Maud yet, but it feels like there's a lot of this kind of quality of film and this kind of commentary of the film coming out from from the UK in particular right now. And there's some really quite compelling stuff. I really um, like the aesthetic on this one. I didn't find it overly 80s in your face. The example I always come up to here is whichever one of the... um, Paranormal Activities is set in the 80s. I'm not sure if it's three or four where it goes back and that gets the 80s aesthetic. Everyone looks fairly modern, but there's a Teddy Rookspin and Teddy Rookspin is there in the middle of the, of, of the floor and he gets name checked and everything. Um, whereas this one, it wasn't only the... You know, it, it wasn't made into the 80s because there was like pink neon lighting and like mm-hmm. synth. I found it felt very genuine to what i remember as a little kid not an adult obviously but yeah. what the 80s felt like in terms of just the the colour and i felt like my colour was saturated in a say, in the same way and and my i was lit in very much the same way when i was walking down the streets in the 80s in the uk it had that feel to it like the grimy underpasses with the nonsensical graffiti and video shops and things like that it was
2: yeah um it's shot on 35mm film. I think the lens choices were there to reflect uh, what was used back in the day. I mean, watching even like this, the shots where she's walking to get the the, uh, the tube or whatever, or even the shots where the film from inside the tube, it all feels very authentic. Like, it just reminds me, um, I think, even when I'm watching like Candyman or, or those kind of scenes where they're going around urban environments, yeah, um, they just seemed to nail that, that aspect really well for me.
0: I think it did it really, really well. And I really liked just, yeah, that that overall feel of it that wasn't so reliant on all the classic 80s tropes like having a soundtrack that was of an 80s movie or... Yeah. You know, I, I, found, I felt it was very, very
2: authentically done. It's like Season 1 of Stranger Things, I think, did this very, really well. And then it did kind of lose this aspect and then they started to just play 80s soundtracks and, and stuff and yeah they went for more of the sort of it's like the facade of 80s where it loses the authenticity yeah whereas this definitely had uh that real grungy yeah 80s and then, vibe.
0: i think as well if you look at like everything like the hair and the costumes they aren't in i think costume is the right word they're in like outfits which feel like normal clothes from people of the of the time and haircuts of the time. It isn't like even films that do play it fairly straight, like um, you know, like your American Psychos and so on. Their outfits are just exaggerated that tiny bit more, so it feels like it's eighties fancy dress. Whereas this, someone could show me these people and I could say, yeah, that's what clothes looked like then.
2: But more brown,
0: less yeah, color. More, more brown. Yeah. More, more Browns and you're not, you know, it's not your clubbing outfits. These are people in the eighties that have normal jobs. And it also felt very authentic with, um, again, I'm absorbing these things as a kid and you're a bit younger than me, but the way that the news cycle worked, I remember video nasties when I was a kid. Yeah. And then, you know, being taken off the shelves and Mary Whitehouse on the TV and stuff like that. And Mrs. Thatcher, um, and it, and it taps into that very well. I do wonder with some of the people that feel like it's on the nose, I wonder where they're from. Do they? Does it feel like to an American audience perhaps like this is artificially maybe. built in?
2: When you've got, got Maggie Thatcher saying stuff on the TV, maybe they're like, oh, it's, it's trying to, too hard to place it in the 80s. But I, I found it added to the authenticity. Yeah. Also, um, it felt very smoky. I could see people smoking all the time in, indoors, I mean. and I could almost smell it. I could almost smell that kind of uh, stale ash yeah, on the air just, as I was watching it. it f-
0: feels like going to like you go to your grandma's friend's house and they like they yeah. smoke and um, yeah, very very like smoky
2: houses. Like a haze of everything's slightly out of focus because there's a haze of smoke yeah. on everything. T- yeah. the
0: TV's gone a bit yellow because
2: <laughs> yeah. it's
0: nicotine stained. Yeah. Yeah, but aesthetic yeah, I thought it was I thought it was a really nice look and we'll come through it and I guess. As always, I always get super conscious of this before we go into a film that's new, because this one isn't on hasn't had a general release in the UK, right? It had festival releases and then um yeah. it's available in streaming if you uh, are in the US. It's on Google Play there. So I managed to get hold. Um but we haven't do we are we due for a cinema release over here, or is it just coming to VOD eventually?
2: Um I hope I hope it gets some a limited release, at least. Uh, I would, I would imagine so. Yeah. I feel like it's it deserves getting, it for it deserves yeah. it
0: for this country, especially. I think it's, I think it will resonate with a lot of people.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, so who got in the film? We got. I always get its name wrong. Uh, I think it's Neve. It's the Irish spelling N I A M H. That's pronounced Neve, right? Neve Alger who plays the main character.
0: Yep. <laughs> I'm checking. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out loud just in case. I believe you are. I believe you're correct.
2: Okay, Neve Algar plays uh, Enid Baines, who I recognise from something, but I'm not too sure what. Google pronun-
0: pronunciation
2: says Nima. No, you can't be like. Is it? Have I been pronouncing? I've been calling people Neve <laughs> all these years. um also uh we got um what's the guy he is from nathan barley he's nathan barley i can't remember his... nathan what's nathan, barley? nathan, nathan barley. barley chris morris and charlie brooker tv show Some years ago.
0: I don't remember Nathan Barley. I will put you out of your misery, Luke. The second result on Google says it is Neve, so you're fine.
3: Okay, cool. Um,
0: But yeah, the only other person I recognized from anything else and it clicked later on was, of course, um, Lynn from from Alan Partridge.
2: Yeah, yeah, Lynn was in there. Uh, And Michael Smiley, who's kind of dynamite in everything that he's in.
0: I know he's so creepy in this. He's like, he, he does the best job of like the second he's on screen, the second he opens his mouth, it's like, oh, you're horrible, aren't you? Slimy. (laughs) Yeah, you're a horrible man.
2: He's like reaching and fondling with his eyes. Yeah. Giving people ocular gropes. Yeah. Yeah. He is great. Um, I think that's, um, who got Nicholas Burns? That's him. That's the guy who plays Nathan Barley. Um, Nathan Barley, by the way, is great. It's got Noel Fielding and Julian Barrett in before Boosh, I think it was. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Written by... Chris Morris and Charlie Brooker. Like the um uh I mean it basically it's about like hipsters and it's uh kind of predicted hipsters before hipsters were even a thing. Um you who know, have Sophia La- La Porter. About, that the Porter brings the sure. is that the
0: just is that the lady that plays the sister? Yep,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. Uh yeah. So I mean, how did it start? Um and um, we begin with just a glorious
0: montage, I guess, of what the sensors are doing in their job. And it's proper clunky VHS tapes being loaded in. And then they're watching, like... Um,
2: Have you got this on a printout? Oh, I'm I wrote. i, I, wrote, I wrote, I'm,
0: I'm turning my papers over. I usually write it on my phone, but um, I had low battery. Mm. So I just wrote my notes down on a paper. Yeah, so it just begins with some like very quickly established that we're in the eighties with video cassettes and so on. And we open with like a, a bit of the censors doing their jobs. They're going through and watching some video nasties. So we get some fictional in film meta films of some video nasties that the censors are going through and yeah. censoring following um the real life implication of the VRA in, in the UK.
2: Are these, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've seen many video nasties in in the sense of this kind of really low budget ones from back then. These real. Um, I don't think
0: those are real. I think they're made for the film. I think looking through some trivia for later, um, that they are, a lot of them are based on in title or in theming some things that were video nasties at the time. And I think some of them do get properly name checked um, later on. But yeah, um, for those outside the UK, I, I have no idea what the US's relationship was with it. But in the 80s in particular, there was um, like a moral panic driven by, by newspapers in particular that crime was being driven by um, violent films particularly and people renting them on video and children getting hold of them. Um, it wasn't at this time. It wasn't until um, the the James Bulger murder in like '93 that it really came to a head, and we had a second wave of it. But in the '80s, there was a large scale um, kind of uproar against violent horror movies in the UK, and um, the Video Recordings Act was passed, and then censors and the BBFC were really brought in to stamp down on film certification and censoring what were dubbed as video nasties. And this is the setting for the film, right? The titular censors are censoring some films. And there's some, you know, for a modern audience, there's already some great over-the-top, like, B-movie-style gore in these little scenes, right? Any, Anyone strike you in particular because you're watching?
2: I seem to remember... There's a lot of like close-up imagery. Um, someone just—I <laughs> don't even know what it was. I think it's, all I remember is is someone stabbing some unknowable bit of flesh, and it exploding with red paint. <laughs> and another the guy's got red paint all down his eye, like a bird's yeah. pooed on him. He's yeah, like,
3: uh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there's loads of shots like that. I think someone—I think someone gets decapitated. Uh I can't remember. What about you? Is there any? standouts um i don't remember now like it it, it's
0: it is like a full-on montage right there are people getting hatcheting there is someone that we hear about get an eye gouging because this is where they're talking about it afterwards and it is very like business-like right where uh main characters saying like oh um yep the eye gouging was a little bit much i would cut two minutes off that section yeah. Um, so Enid is saying, "Yeah, I'd cut two minutes off that section. It's too gratuitous and too realistic. That needs to be cut." And then her colleague um, Sanderson, so Nicholas Nicholas Burns, he is a lot more. Um, he's a cool arty man, isn't he? Uh, he's smoking a cigarette in there. Yeah. So oh, if you don't appreciate it as the art, then you're uh, you're you're not really getting it. And he seems like a lot more lenient as a censor.
2: Yeah, he seems like he didn't take it anywhere near as, as serious as she does. She seems to think of her job as like um, uh, like a virtuous uh, calling, like she's there yeah. to protect uh, people from seeing things that they shouldn't. Uh, and we find out that it it's probably related to an incident. I don't think we ever actually find out what did happen when she was a kid, but basically there was an incident with her and her sister. Or if this has gone missing or something along those lines.
0: Yeah, we get we get snippets of this as the film will go on, but we I don't think it's ever fully broken down exactly what the what the situation was. But yeah, you're right. So Enid takes her work very seriously and she is determined that things will be properly censored so nothing inappropriate gets through, whereas a colleague is not as serious. And this is where we get the cut-ins of Mary Whitehouse on TV, and we get Margaret Thatcher talking about the. Um, actually, it goes be bi- Margaret Thatcher's not talking about um, the you know video nasties. She's talking about um, minor strikes, I guess. Yeah, uh, and I guess kind of political statement from the from the film there about you know everyone's up in arms about um, people's entertainment, and you know we would see this happen. Again and again with films and then later video games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, while there is also things that are about, you know, workers' rights and so on that are kind of overshadowed by the moral outrage as to what people are doing with their entertainment. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's, it's put in there and we we set the scenes as to what's happened. And I think this is when we it's kind of. To begin with, isn't it? We just see that we we move along, and she goes home from the end of a normal day's work, and then we see that outside of work, she's a lot more subdued. And then she gets a call from mom and dad to come and meet her um, for dinner. Yeah, which is what kicks us all into action.
2: They've um, uh, there's like a, a death certificate. Uh, I think yeah. the idea is that the sister's been missing for so many years, and the parents are at the point now they've. They've had a death certificate drawn up, and they're going to assume, presume that she's dead. Um, and Thingy Enid doesn't take it too well. Um, I think she's, I think she kind of accepts it, but maybe isn't quite taking it properly. She's like yeah. crying, and the dad's like, "Oh, I'm going to have some trifle or whatever he says." I was,
0: oh, we, I was, oh yeah, we, got, got, we just concentrate on having a, a lovely dinner, and we've given you a sister's death certificate. And she goes to give it them back, and said, Oh no, no we've got that one printed for you." So it would appear that they yeah. are... They're kind of... Like, obviously, they have done a lot of their grieving and they kind of just want to accept that that's the thing, that their their daughter yeah. has died. But they are obviously aware that that isn't something that Enid is happy with. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to get her to accept it while... And get back to having some co- sort of, like, normal relationship with her. They, like, ask her about small talk, like... Yeah. Oh, oh, watch any good films recently? It's not for entertainment, mom and dad. You never get it.
2: That's like this, that moment, whatever happened in the past has led her to her calling in life. It's defined her in a lot of ways. So, her accepting that she's dead um, is obviously going to have a huge impact on her, Uh, which I think the next day, or it's maybe the next day, actually, that she has to review a film called don't go into the don't go in the church uh directed by a mysterious frederick north um yeah. i think they even even one of the colleagues might even say um oh it's one of north's films or, or uh, maybe she meets michael smiley before this
0: i think he comes and says he's got the next one for her. i think the big scandal we get first is she goes home on the tube and there's been a like a there's more headlines about the video nasties and then the, at work the next day is that when there's the reveal that there's been a has been a murder.
2: Ah, the amnesia killer. Forgot
0: yeah. about him. Yeah. Oh.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, <laughs> sorry. go Yeah.
0: On. Yeah. So there's been there's been a terrible murder. Some guy. I, I think we hear very briefly. Again, it's one of these nice examples of you know horrific scenes being described in described by characters in a film and not actually shown on screen. So it's told we we get it secondhand. The uh, the boss calls the two sensors that we've met, so Enid and her colleague, into the office, and says, "You guys reviewed this film about um, delirium, is it something like that? Like where someone someone gets their face eaten, um, get gets their face eaten right off, and this is well, some <laughs> some some guy just <laughs> ate his wife's face, and yeah. somehow we." Somehow, like the press already know that you two are the ones that that passed it for release <laughs> yeah. um, and you know you are you're responsible for this uh
2: yeah, um it's the person who hey this is weird, so the killer name checked them or someone who said some the press are already aware that it's them that's passed it. Um, because the,
0: the narrative around the film changes a little later on, but basically this guy's killed his wife and children and eaten his wife's face. Yeah. Um just thing just just the kind of thing you throw out and say, right? But um yeah, yeah he, he's done that and it has been directly linked to this film because it's very similar to um to to the scene in the film that these two have passed and they're getting a lot of phone calls, they're getting a lot of they're getting a lot of abuse because somehow they're blaming the censors for it. Um, I think this might be one of the bigger disconnects in the film for me. Would you blame the censors or would you blame the filmmaker?
2: This isn't a Frederick North picture, is it? I think that's unrelated at this point. No,
0: it's unrelated. It's another guy, but um, it's just a film.
2: I don't... I mean, thinking about it now, I think you go straight to the filmmakers. But maybe back then, during that period, there's a lot more pressure on the censors. Who were Maybe. the vanguard protecting that sort of content and getting out there? Um, yeah, I, I, I imagine there's probably a bit more pressure on them at that point in time, with people going on about video nasties on the news and talking about how it's a scourge of of society and that kind of thing causes all the crime.
0: Um, but yeah, she's that's happened, and I think at this point as well, cut into this, we've seen the first couple of brief flashes of her and her sister in the woods the day that she disappeared. Cause yeah. we definitely see the dream once before the film comes in. But yeah, this is when, um, sorry, Enid is sitting back at her desk and old Michael Smiley
2: wanders in. slimes his way in. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, um, he's, He's a film producer, um, and he's, he mentions something about how the censors aren't letting any of his films get f- through or something. Um, and he's just, like, leering at Enid right from the get-go. Uh, yeah. His eyes are, like, right down and up a skirt and stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, he's but- awful. He comes yeah. over and is immediately like, oh, he didn't tell me you had any... Like, he may as well be, like, licking his fingers. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I didn't tell me you had anyone quite so lovely on your staff. You should let me... Uh- get you on camera sometime. Yeah. And, she's, and then she's like, no, I don't fancy being brutally raped and murdered. She's like, Oh
2: <laughs> yeah. J- but, JK. Then, but then he says, I think, I think Marcus minor says you, I want you to look at my next, another Frederick North picture I've got coming out. Um, yeah. And then the boss even says she's already scheduled to do that one. Anyway, she's doing it next. In fact. Yeah. She's already doing it right now. like Watching it on the computer. Um, so just to be
0: clear she's not watching it because you asked she was already going to be doing that yeah um, but he's he seems quite pleased with that and we we learn a little later just incidentally that the director wanted uh, like a female censor to be the one to, to look at it
2: I don't pick up on that okay yeah the guy she ends up watching it with is I guess uh, I, I didn't catch his name but he's um Seems very nice compared compared to uh, the Nathan Barley guy who is a a tad bit sleazy. Maybe not sleazy is not the right word, I guess. But um, this guy seems genuinely nice. Yeah, he He seems like a nice
0: person Is like, yeah, he invites if she wants to talk, if she wants to, like, vent, because he can see that she's struggling, seems like a genuinely nice guy and not, like... Pretend nice. This is going to take take a nasty turn later. He just seems like a nice exactly, chap. yeah.
2: Although I guess there was part of me that was wondering about that. Like, is is he going to get moided uh, by her? Uh, but so they watch they watched the Frederick North picture as they start to watch it. It's two girls in the woods. They go in the younger sister or don't know which way around. One of her sister says to the other, "Go inside and summon the demon or something." Um, she goes in. And then the other sister kind of takes on this other characteristic, picks up an axe and wanders into the cabin. And then we just hear some like horrific axe murdering noises. Some some chopping.
0: Some um, chopping, yeah. And the I guess the disturbing thing that sets Enid off and she runs out the room and vomits and obviously is very upset by it is that as far as her what we understand to be patchy memory goes, um It is very, very familiar to some memories she has when when her sister disappeared. Yeah. And what do you? We never, as you said, Luke. We don't. We don't get an answer to this. What do you? What was your read on it?
2: She killed her sister. That's the way I'm reading it. Um, In that in the Frederick North film, the girl becomes possessed, and then picks up the axe and goes and kills the sister. Um, and then later on, she obviously spoiler alert. We should probably say that earlier. On, <laughs> spoiler alert, she be, like turns into a sit, like she snaps. I think she may, maybe not, but I mean, we never know. But I'm guessing that she killed a sister with an axe yeah. <laughs> in the woods, yeah.
0: Or is like, oh, it's so hard because otherwise, like, there would be some record of it, or there would be you know, the death certificate, unless you just went missing and they never found her. But yeah, there there is some ambiguity into this, to this film. We never are explicitly told whether she did or didn't kill her sister.
2: There's this other guy who I think starts to show up in the film a little bit later on, the Beast Man character, who is like really tall. He's the one that uh, they summon in the Frederick North picture. I keep calling it a picture, like as if, like I'm some sort of film producer. From like movies. you're a film producer. Yeah, the picture.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He is the beast man. Is played by Guillaume Delony. Delaney. Um, and when he first comes on, you do hear him speak a little bit later on. And in my notes, I have him down as like, oh, he's like French Frankenstein or Frankenstein, except just a C, not a K. He's French. <laughs> um, and then, how funny, I looked up the actor. He is French, and he has played Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah,
2: there you go. Yeah, yeah.
0: there you go. But yeah, and he's he's the beast man who we see sort of incidentally in the back of nightmares for the rest of them. He's, is he? Do we see him in the doorway of the church at this point? That well, I don't think we saw into. him
2: in the first in the in the very first viewing of the film. But then he starts to show up in her nightmares or in her visions or whatever she's having. Uh, or maybe he's in the next film, I think. Um, so Enid becomes a bit obsessed. She wants to find out more about Frederick North. Like, he thinks this is weird. He thinks that she thinks that he's seen something, or she wants to know how he knows
0: that he's responsible for, like, is either responsible for, because in her mind still, I think she feels like her sister has been abducted or taken. Yeah somewhere so you're right so she feels like um that he knows something because otherwise that this this very familiar video is too accurate to what she remembers to just be
2: a coincidental work of fiction exactly yeah so she becomes obsessed with frederick north and i think it must be quite difficult to find out their contact details back then couldn't google it couldn't Google it, no. It's all there's like a, a Lynn at a desk who she can ask, but she says it's gonna take a week to find the those search yeah. results. I thought you were drinking from a candle then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh a lovely, lovely glass of wax.
2: <laughs> um no, just tea. Um yeah, so
0: Lynn says it's gonna take a week. So um she takes matters into her own hands and pops to the local video shop. Yeah. And again, Luke, maybe this is my age, but this was perfect video shop like aesthetic for me. This is exactly how I remember them. I can even like watching this watching this bit of the film, I could smell that scene. I know what those video shops sat <laughs> smell like. I know what the
2: carpet feels like. What was your what was your video shop called?
0: Um there was oh I don't remember the name of it now. I remember it used to be on Silver Street in Tamworth and there was a pop-up there was like a cardboard standee for the fly in the window. Um, yeah. For years and years, um, but I never remember what it was called. Um, but we used to go in there quite often and rent videos. This is before Blockbuster was even in in Tamworth. Um, and we used to go and get. This is where I rented out such classics, or my parents rented out for us as Moontrap, which is fantastic. I um, think we rented Moontrap a lot, and I used to always get like I used to get like a yeah. horror movie and a Godzilla. So uh, they were on. They were on regular circulation those Godzilla movies of the time, and like the old nineteen fifties Blob. Um, oh, we got we got a ton of stuff. In there. There were certain things we weren't allowed to get. I was never allowed Pumpkinhead, or um, yeah, or some of the others. But yeah, what about yours? Luke? What was your what was your video shop?
2: Uh, one in Mansfield called Impact Video, which I just had a quick Google to see if it was still Gary, but I couldn't find anything, which is like a massive shame. Um, but I. I don't know because I'm a little bit younger than you, so I don't know if um, uh, it would have been, been quite the same. Yeah, we did, we went to Blockbusters a lot. My friend used to work there. We used to get like ten free rentals a week or something.
0: There you go. Yeah, we, it was yeah. Blockbuster by the time I was uh, by the time I was a teenager. We had Blockbuster, but until yeah. uh, and then I think we'd had like a fallow period of not really renting films for a, for a time. It was when DVDs became a thing that you started yeah. renting them again. And when you, when you had, like, PlayStation, you could, like, rent games. But mm-hmm. I remember um, videos, it was that one place. So I would have been about, I don't know, anywhere between, like, about six and eight when we used to go in there all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and it had that feel. It was just, like, walls and walls of, like of like films they had a little kids section at the front they had all your horrors that like even if you were too scared to watch them or your parents yeah wouldn't let you you just go and look at the covers
2: um yeah i remember pinhead not knowing what he was all about but being quite scared of him yeah just from the from the video cover and it's weird uh did i tell you i went this isn't too sad but my uncle died a few a few weeks ago and he had like an amazing uh, VHS collection. So we went round and we were kind of looking uh, all these videos. Like the the art on the old v- VHS boxes is really shit. Like when in your memory, like it's like up to, up to like par with um like modern DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff. But yeah. when you go back. Like it's the the text is weirdly blocky and large. Like <laughs> the only good one I saw was the Jurassic Park one, which is like the black box. Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, and it's, it's just got classic. the logo on the front. It is a classic, simple, but super. Uh, it, it it looks pretty good that one. But the rest of them, quite quite shoddy.
0: <laughs> oh man, I, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to have a look at back some of those old VHS art cases because I I remember them being in there and thinking. For like yeah. genuinely, I'd look at some of the horror ones and think, "That's scary." I can't like yeah. that, like the picture on its own is as scary as anything that could be in this film.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, it's, just, yeah, it's a shame but, about impact but video.
0: But Enid goes into her version of impact video, and yeah, and one other thing I can relate to. I never worked in a video shop. I used to work at Game. But she has some classic shop chat with the man to prove that she knows about like the about the thing. She's like, got any uh got I'll any watch-
2: video? Yeah, she's uh, like, Oh, I any- watched the uh, uh, nun murderer of two the other day. Love that eye gouging bit. Like she's sort yeah. of uh, referencing bits from films she's seen as a censor.
0: Yeah, and, and like obviously the guy is a bit cautious because he knows the films that she's asking for are illegal and I guess this is a true thing. You can get your shop closed down if you're renting them out.
2: But was it a, um, was it a criminal offence back then?
0: Yeah, like s- certain films were prosecuted, and like stores were raided, and things were seized. And they they like, they made. Sh- it wasn't just like this is banned. You not you know this isn't allowed to come out. Like if shops had it, you weren't allowed to. You had to get rid of it, um, or return it, or do whatever. I'm not sure what the mechanism was. Just a kid. But yeah, they they made certain films, even ones that were already released, there were several of them that got like pulled mm-hmm. and and they lost their license to show them. So there was like um an underground method and like these getting these bootleg copies of films that were banned. Um in the episode a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about pieces, I think Alice had like a uh,
1: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
0: Alice had like a list of like her band, like video nasties that she was going to work through. Yeah. And there was like a cult thing around it, which is what you hear people when they're leaving that shop. And this is what Enid goes up to the man that the story goes prove she's got credentials by saying like, oh yeah, I saw none murders eight the other day. And sort of, you know, like you're saying that you saw this guy get his eyes gouged out. And that, that level of shop chat continued 20 years later. Have you working in, obviously I wasn't selling illegal bootleg video games, but yeah. people would come in and have the shop chat with the, you know, to prove they've got some cred come in and say, oh yeah, played uh two Raider three the other day. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: Bit with a dinosaur, level three. Pretty soon. I the I've bit with a
2: shark in Tomb Raider 2. Oh,
0: I don't remember that. Jeez. Oh, you, were, <laughs> you got more, more Tomb Raider <laughs> 2 cred <crap> than me.
2: <laughs> so you, you start off diving and you're underwater somewhere and a shark comes. Uh, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, but Enid yeah. managed to convince the guy, he looks a little bit like me. I suppose you know. She convinces him to. Uh, give him like a the only Frederick North I think he's got he, he has it on like a, a brown paper bag and it's called a sunder uh, she takes it home whops it in the VCR rewinds it it's been rewound already that's quite good of the
0: good etiquette yeah.
2: yeah and then uh, stresses play and then oh, that, it's got the Beastman in it I think in this one right and then it's got this if you're watching the video this bit where Alice is the, the woman in the video is, like, staring right at the camera and, like, saying kind of, of a spell or something. Yeah,
0: like, Frederick North, as a director, as a fictional director that we're critiquing here, he seems to have, like, a theme, doesn't he, of largely innocent, like, um, what would be classic victim characters getting possessed. Yeah. And, uh, like, there's a guy... I guess it's like Evil Dead homage, right? There's like, oh, let's, there's these words in Latin. I can translate them. yeah. And he's reading the words and she goes, oh, no. And she gets like a look on her eye, over her eyes, and says, oh, this evil's infectious. And then I guess there's murders. We don't we don't see the full thing. This has got like a very, like, um, grindhouse trailers feel to it. Some of these awful films I kind of wish were made in full. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know what you mean. Well, we say that now, but we're actually watching them. They might, we might uh, change our Yeah, You'd
0: be like, nah, I don't, I don't really want this. I just like this as humorous <laughs> clips. Um, yeah.
2: Uh, but, but so yeah, she so... sees the sister, uh, well, she sees the well, woman in the film and she's convinced that it is her sister and it's played by Alice Lee. she has a VHS cover. She picks off some stickers and she's like looking at the uh, image of Alice on the front. And then she's like, that's my sister, those are my sister's eyes.
0: Yeah, she looks um, at that image on that VCR cover and says, like, this artwork is really gonna hold up in 30, 40 years' time. There's not gonna be a thing Luke Condor can say about this. This is yeah. this is artwork for the ages.
2: And then at this point, Enus starts to go a little bit off the deep end. She becomes a bit obsessed. I think she even uh breaks into Lynn's Google search office and she jumps over the fence. <laughs> table um and then she steals the address of frederick north um maybe not the address of frederick north um she goes to michael smiley's house
0: that's right she goes to michael smiley's house i forget which order it is it's when she steals from lynn she either finds out where the sequel to a don't go in the church is being filmed or it's yeah. michael smiley's address but either way there's that happens at some point but for but, but you're right she goes to Michael Smythe, whose name is Doug. She goes to Doug Smart's house and he answers the door in his smoking jacket with a crowbar.
2: Yeah. Because he's had some people... He said there's some people who aren't fans of my films around here or something, or he's been having some trouble.
0: Probably those letterbox reviewers.
2: Yeah. So it's, um, it's in your face. In your face, Michael.
0: <laughs> yeah, with a, Oh, they <laughs> no, have got a crowbar, I'll leave it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, he's, he's not... Yeah, he answers the door with his with his crowbar. And I guess we are led to think that maybe it is, like we were saying, not only the censors, but the filmmakers as well, because over the course of the movie, Enid's been basically getting like angry phone calls. Yeah. Right? People going, you uh, you messed up your job as a censor and this bad movie got through. I'll smash your face in love. You deserve to be killed. Um,
3: Of
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: course, before, t- before Twitter was a thing and you wanted to send people death threats, you had to phone them. At home to do it
2: yeah yeah
0: um so that's what's happening so i i guess we we can see that the film producer who produces these things is taste tasting the backlash of, of um you know the moral outrage from these movies as well
2: yeah he's um i mean he's got the, the posters on the wall of, of his films that he's, he's made uh he's got like um i think some questionable arts on the table uh, trophies of, of made it's like a bust of a lady's bust um, yeah,
0: and like the, the film like his living room Enid um, has seen it it's in like a terrible rape scene that she censors early in the movie yeah um, and it's, it's basically filmed in his living room to make that extra kind of grimy sheen to yeah, this whole yeah. guy's persona
2: he's quite like a we get the sense that he lives for I think he calls for it. We know provocateur, and he's into that kind of thing. He's into pushing the boundaries, and um, he sees himself as that kind of um, extreme, um, a facilitator of extreme art, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. But he see, but he has that kind of place in his life. He thinks Alice is there. Sorry, Enid is there for some hanky panky. Yeah,
0: he gets her a gets her a scotch, and then quickly moves the conversation on to well, off the questions that she's there for and on to some uh, subjects that he's more interested in. And um, she shoves him and uh, he cops it, right? Right on the trophy.
2: Yeah, I feel like I've seen this death scene a few times in British films where someone slips and they, gets a, they get a trophy or, or something spiky through the throat, through the mouth. Um, hot fuzz, is it? Out the mouth. Yeah, Hot Fuzz does it. Um, I want to say maybe like a sightseers or a film like that has a similar kind of thing going on. Um, but yeah, uh, he gets a trophy through the back of the head, through the throat, out of the mouth, um, and he sputters and dies there. And I think Enid, I think she just leaves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she says,
0: she like goes, thanks for the whiskey, bitch, and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't say bitch, she's not Freddy Krueger. But yeah. um, she... Um, She's clearly unraveling at this point. Like I've, I've not thought about it as we were watching. Do we? Like I hadn't had any doubts that this, this is a thing that actually happened, right? We're not, we're not rewriting any history and any delusions at the moment, right? This is a. I'm
2: pretty sure it's all happening.
0: Thing that happened, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I think, does she go from there straight to the filming location think, of...
0: Yeah, it's either that or this is when she then goes and gets the address from Lynn, because um, right, during yeah. the meeting with with Doug, he reveals that they're filming yeah. a sequel to Don't Win the Church because sequels are all the rage now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's likely to be um, this actor whose name is... So the one that, that Enoch thinks is her sister. So... Um, she thinks it's going to be her last film, and he he doesn't make it any easy for himself, does Doug? Because he is ambiguous enough in his talking. It's like, oh, this will probably this will be our last film. She's, what do you mean by that? I'd just say she'd reach the end of her shelf life, if you know what I mean. Just no, what do you what do you mean by that? I would say that this kind of career is murder on your. No, like, please explain clearly. Are you going to murder this woman, or is she just not giving any films anymore? Um, yeah, but, but he's dead now, so we can't answer that question. Do you
2: think there's a snuff film element to it?
0: Yeah, <laughs> it could be. Like, I, 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 certainly, I think in Enid's mind at this point, um, these people are sinister enough that it's a that it's a distinct possibility that this is her abducted sister. In a scene yeah. just before she goes to Michael Smiley's house, she goes to see her mum and dad and tries to get them convinced that this is this actor on this video cover is her. And her dad kind of snaps at her a little bit and says, No, your sister's dead. We've accepted that, but you're just kind of running off and doing your own thing, which is what you've always done. You know, when you yeah. went off into the woods on that day, um, that was you just doing whatever you wanted as well. So there's clearly some you know, some trauma there anyway. But off the back of this, we kind of hear in passing that the court case is dissolving and that in the murder trial of this guy, it turns out he's never seen the film that that they alleged inspired his killings.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. So she's just walking out of the office and she hears Nathan Barley say that they'd never seen it. But he's never even seen it. Yeah,
0: I think that's a common thing with. Um, again, whether this is built into the narrative or just an incidental piece which mirrors the reality of it, I believe it's happened in a number of court cases where a piece of entertainment has been identified as having inspired, um, you know, a terrible real life crime. But then, in the course of the trial, um, it comes out that they have not seen this film.
2: <laughs> I wonder how they re- how they find that out. Just dig around in their brain matter for a bit and see. No, nope, it's not here.
0: So like, oh, no, never rented it. I know there was, um, again, I'm jumping forward a few years, there was a, obviously tragic, especially as it's not more, you know, even more so as it's more current, maybe about 10, 15 years ago now, um, the game, the PlayStation 2 game Manhunt was implicated as yeah. being related in the murder of a of a teenage boy in the UK. Um, I was working at game still at the time. And we had, you know, people actively saying we had to de-shelve it for a couple of days. Um, It was never, it was never, it was never banned. We could sell it if someone came in and asked us for it. And as with all controversies, people increasingly did come in and ask for it. Um, (laughs) So we, like we probably sold more copies of it off the back of the, off the back of the outrage. We just didn't put it on shelves and actively put it out for people to do. But be it people's fascination with this edgy band game or people speculating that it was going to be worth more money. We sold a lot more copies of it um, around the time of this thing, but I believe in that case it came out that it wasn't the boy who was, it wasn't this uh, other, other teenager that committed the crime that had Manhunt it was, I believe, it was the boy that was killed owned a copy or something along those lines. I don't remember the specific details, but or having a it comes up quite. Yeah, it comes up. How yeah. dare you? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's it comes out quite frequently with with these cases where, like, a piece of media I guess is scapegoated as the inspiration for yeah, you know, for for real life acts of violence. Um, But yeah, that's, that's what's happened in this film, but it is kind of skated over. She hears it as she is already running out of the office onto her own kind of mission.
2: Yep. Um, So, okay. So she gets to the film location. It's in the middle of the woods. There's a woman there. Everyone, no one talks normal for some reason. Everyone's a little bit obtuse. A woman there says, um, assumes that she's there for the role of the sister. Yeah. which is which is uh, uh, a nice coincidence. She says, yes, I am the sister. She's, uh, yeah,
0: she says, you're the sister, right? I've been waiting for you.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, she takes her into the, into the trailer. She turns out to be the makeup lady. And uh, I think Ian is trying to ask questions related around Alice at this point, but the, no clear answer is given. No one talks yeah. properly. Or yeah,
0: no one. Yeah, this is like a real... This is like quite a difficult bit. Her name is Debs, the makeup artist. And she's like a yeah. stone cold bitch to her. She's like, put your arms up, put this on. Yeah. And then doesn't answer any of her questions. Um and is, as you say, Luke, she's like quite a bit like um a bit like Doug before. She's really quite obtuse with it in a way that if you were paranoid and unraveling, you would read into this as this is all an engineered plan. This is all very midsummer at this point, right? The film could go either way. This could be a whole thing that was engineered. And I've been being watched for ages to be captured in the same way my sister was.
2: Yeah. I've been calling her Enid this entire time. That's just the actress's name. Neve. Yeah. Okay.
0: And Neve is the, isn't Neve the actor and Enid's the character?
2: The wrong way around. Oh yeah. Neve is the actress. Enid. Okay. I've been saying it right. Ignore anything I've just said for the past two minutes. Yeah,
0: we'll go through and edit it all back so it's seamless,
2: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah. So, I I feel like at this point, I feel like maybe we're starting to view the world through her madness a little bit, yeah. Through, yeah, the way she
0: is perceiving it at very least,
2: yeah. Um, so she goes onto this. Oh, she goes to meet Frederick first, Frederick North, and he's uh, I mean, even at first he's like seeing for the camera and he's like saying stuff like, Oh yes, your sister, I'm, I'm going to kill you. He's like saying stuff to get a performance out of someone. Whereas I, like on the face of it, it, it feels really kind of serious and, and sort of slimy and horrible and like, uh, even violent. Uh, but then occasionally he, he does break that character because, because he's like, um, no I can't do it where's my sister and stuff and he's like well just fuck off then like I I can get another girl to come and do the do the shot like it's no big deal Uh, but then it's it's a really interesting little dynamic because when she starts to sort of really she's obviously saying where is my sister I need to find her." and he's like yeah that's brilliant keep doing that that's fantastic
0: yeah it's uh, it's, Yeah. yeah again this is a, it's, it's really cleverly done. It's one that bears thinking about afterwards. Is it a, if you read into sort of Enid's perception of it, this is like the mastermind that knew yeah. the details of her sister's disappearance that has engineered this whole thing and knows she's coming and is trying to kind of Hannibal Lecter her, right. Is to really try and push her buttons mentally to do things like, but when, when you look at it on the external face of it and you look at it for, as an outsider, this is a, you know, this is a Kubrick. This is a this is a Hitchcock. This is someone fucking with their actors to get the best performance out exactly,
2: of it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: like, yes, so he says, oh, you're the bad guy in this situation. Goes, yes, use it. Brilliant. Oh.
2: <laughs> so then she is allowed onto the set. Um I, I don't think it goes in. I think around this point the aspect ratio does change and it becomes like a little four-free. Square in the middle of the screen, and it's almost like Enid has slipped into one of the films that she used to um, act as a censor of.
0: And it feels like we get a little bit more sort of the the color, the color saturation changes, the contrast comes up, and we get like almost a an added grain feel. Come on, lots of flickering
2: and stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, we get a very sort of cinema like classic cinema feel yeah. to it.
2: And even if she goes into into the, into the cabin where they're filming the scene, which is, is weird because I feel like, didn't they make this film already? It yeah, must be a sequel or something. Like, um, for, for God's sake, don't go in the church. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she goes into the, into the cabin. Uh, maybe it's, a, I don't know where the church comes into it, but then there's the beast man there, but he's in full character, like his voice is altered and stuff. Uh, yeah, and he's, Alice doing, he's
0: doing the. He's he's doing the. He's doing full character, although the you know the spooky thing that he says when she walks in, I've written it down. Do you remember, Luke?
2: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he um... says,
0: "Hello." <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: he
0: gen- he genuinely genuinely says hello, and he uh, goes and gives her a hug because I guess in in film huh. she is the yeah. possessed character again. Yeah. And she's like, and he's yeah, like, "Oh, I've yeah. been, I've been, I've been waiting for you. We've all been waiting for you." And then he has the the sister is like pinned down and is screaming, and um, and Enid is holding the axe.
2: Yeah, and I guess she thinks it's all real. She's in the movie now. This isn't fiction. This is all re- reality. She needs to save her sister from the beast man, the beast man, or whatever killed her in the past. so all blurring together now, and then she like. Oh, there's a really weird bit, actually. I just remember this bit. So she, she slams the axe into the Beastman's, like, chest, like, I guess, yeah. right in the middle of the ribcage. And, and then she's we looking get a
0: at... break, she's like, oh, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> yeah. But then, um, like, a little mouth appears in the chest wound, and it's, like, talking to her. <laughs> do you yeah, remember that you, bit?
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I, I, I didn't catch what you said, though. What does no, he say? No, I
2: have say? no idea what he said. It's a proper I no situation.
0: Yeah. I need... I want this, like... I'm gonna to have to go back and like watch it with subtitles to see if I can pick up what he says. He says something that I didn't pick up, and
2: um, that'd be interesting. Yeah,
0: gives gives him another chopping.
2: She goes she crazy. Yeah. yeah, and it's all kind of over the top bloody. It feels like it almost video nasty yeah. level of gore. It's. But really, then everyone's everyone's like, say. what the fuck's going on? Like everyone breaks character now. and now we realise that Ina's not in the film. Yeah, and life. we
0: have like a snap, and the color the color comes back up, and the lighting is different. And does the yeah. aspect ratio change?
2: Can't remember. I know no it goes back to, or at least we get, we get the film grain and flicker at the end again. But it comes we get, in and out. I think we get like the VHS like tracking lines and stuff later on as well. Um, yes, yeah, so, and then Frederick North is there. She. I can't wait. She just um, gets him in the neck or something like that. She chops his, his, head off. his head off. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is like, yeah, the,
0: like the illusion is very briefly broken because there is like a sound man being sick. And yeah. Everyone else is just <laughs> like, what's going on? And the actress is going mad and running out. And she runs and the director hugs her. And now he isn't this mysterious, like, Wes Craven man in the shadows anymore. He's yeah. just like a normal middle aged guy going, What are you doing?
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, he gets his head chopped off, and then uh, <laughs> Alice Lee runs away and Enid chases her. It's quite a fun dynamic. Like, I'm trying to save you, or and then she's yeah. like, Well, you are the killer. Um,
0: she says, I'm not, she's
2: Well, you are though. Wait, and they said, What, oh, what happens at the very end here? Does well, he just, Alice just run this, away? Yeah,
0: she just, so Alice runs away. Uh, this is bananas. I loved this bit, I'll openly say it. Like, she we kind of go full into sensor mode here so basically there's and there's been ties to this already i think when she's first talking to frederick north he like says oh you know we all edit the stories how we want to perceive them um and you know i thought there was going to be some kind of reveal that her sister was dead and it was because of her she was always mad the whole time we don't get that she sees alice lee again who says i have a sister but it isn't you you're a you're a wrong and Get out. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: and she lies on the floor for a little while, does Enid, and she kind of goes over in her head, No, no, you like, she's like, Oh, please be her, you know, please go on. Like, yeah. Because it has to be, because she, again, as we've seen through the whole film, she can't accept that her sister is gone, whether it's anything to do with her or not, we'll never mm-hmm. know. Yeah. But she's like, Oh, please be her. And then she just finds like a video remote and. Oh, yeah. Tweaks it a little bit, and then all of a sudden the colour comes up. It's all bright and cheerful. Alice Lee comes back over to her, smiling.
2: Yeah, okay. And the yeah. next
0: thing you know, they're they're riding in the they're riding in the car, and it's, it's brilliant. This whole bit's brilliant. It's done in such a great way to really sell the delusion. Um, they're in the car together. Um, Alice is literally leaning against the or as you know her, ominous
2: her, her, drone sounds throughout uh, this yeah. bit yeah
0: yeah there's like it, it's got like the almost like the, the film sound to it right like the, yeah. there's, a, there's a film playing um, and they're both laughing and the radio's on saying crime has dropped to naught after, percent after all video <laughs> nasties have been banned and people are happy and employment is on the rise to record levels yeah. everything is going to be fine yeah and we just get the quickest, quickest flash of Alice, and she—the head is perfectly positioned. She's kind of like leaning and looking out the window, and we get the quickest flash from this really brightly lit rainbow scene to just her face for two, three frames mm-hmm. of her in the car. The colors are washed out, and she's screaming. Yeah, um, and then we move along and we see a scene outside the mom and dad's house mom and dad are in the garden the neighbors are watching mom and dad are waving like it's the end of an episode of rainbow and they're all they're all going over and she sends the sister over to see her mom and dad and she's done it she's brought her sister back and they're all laughing and happy and she's just there with a big old smile on her face and again we have a very very brief flash that shows the mom and dad looking horrified and this poor actor lady um explaining that, please help me. So I, I guess we're to assume at this point that she's abducted
3: her.
2: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't even, but by... so this, I think this is the most inspired part of the film in terms of this. Uh, this is telling a, a kind of story that this part last very last I don't know. 20 seconds it's telling a story in only a way that a film could tell a story if that makes sense yeah like this would not work in any other medium and it's like a sensory overload where even the subtext and the metatext is kind of all working together um, and the, there's the little brief flashes where it goes to what's actually happening and like there's one point where she's like laughing like looking that way and then like her face suddenly twitches this way like to look more towards the camera and it just looks like <laughs> Completely depraved and, and I look back. Um like at, actually think about it now, that's like, absolutely brilliant, really. It's like, so
0: yeah it's so so it's so so good. Like we'll critique in a little bit of what we thought of the whole film, but like this particular section, it's so well done on so many levels. And you're right, there isn't no other medium you could tell this story in or this part of this story because it's so reliant on the differential like input from different parts of audio, different p- parts of video.
2: Yeah. Um, even and- the, the tracking lines on the, that keep flashing up and uh, like when you've got like a bad V8 VH- VCR VHS tape, even those kind of are telling the story that she's kind of taped over something like yeah. it's uh it just works on so many levels. It's really, really she, good. Is,
0: she has censored it and she has re-edited it. And yeah, it's um, incredibly, incredibly clever. Like, this film deserves every penny it makes for this scene alone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then but we don't even get a clear answer, which I actually really like. I love that we don't know exactly what happened to a sister back in the day. I love that we don't quite know what's going on <laughs> in the end. Yeah. Like we have no idea. We're not allowed to see the video nasty underneath this um, polished version she's presenting to us. We're not allowed yeah. to see what what actually is going on. Is she... Is she going to kill the the actress? Who knows?
0: Yeah, is she off to a an asylum? Like, what is what is going to happen? Like, it's it's great, and I think this is something that we see far too less of in films. Don't set me off on Alien prequels, Luke. Not now, not at, <laughs> not, not at this hour. But um, yeah, I, I like that there's a mystery to it, and I like there is room there that there is room for people to decide what happened there's enough clues there i think you can make a judgment and and it will be fine like whichever you decide has happened but but it's nicely ambiguous enough it gives it gives you as an audience the credit for having the intelligence to put these things together we don't need a an explanation or a you know an added scene at the end where she's being carted off in an ambulance going, Oh, I was right the whole time. And
2: yeah, yeah. She wasn't. She was mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really. And then it just, uh, we get, we cut to the credits. Um, and that's it. Um, Yeah. Have you got any? So you, I didn't do any name game because I think you suggested that you might have some got, trivia.
0: Got a little something for you, Luke, here. Okay. A little game that I like to call. Video Nasty or Video Nazi? Because uh, it's either a real video, it's either real Video Nasty that existed and was banned in the UK in the, you know, by the VRA Act of the 1980s, or it's just a film that I made up.
2: I you said Nazi.
0: No, Nazi. Video Nasty or Video Nazi.
2: Okay, okay. I like it. Let's do okay. that.
0: Are you ready? Yep. I'll, I'll, let me just bring up the film so I can give you some more details if they uh, actually existed or not. Okay. Just a moment. Um, so, the first one, Luke. Uh-huh. Um, the film title is Absurd. Is that a video nasty or a video Nazi?
2: I don't think that that will be a Nazi it's, it's too uh, almost mundane for you to make it up if that makes sense.
0: No, unless those, that
2: was uh, Oh, okay. You you double you double, uh, No, no,
0: you've, you you are correct, Luke. It is, okay, a, uh, it is a it is a is a real video nasty. Um, let me bring up the a little bit of trivia here. I give you the full background here. Um, I can tell you just off off memory that it was a film. Here you go. Absurd. 1981. It was uh it originally came out, it was it was originally released in 1983, but then was withdrawn post-VRA and has never been resubmitted to for classification in the UK. In the US, it was um released under a different name. Are you ready for this? Luke? It's a, it's a horrible name in the US. Very conjures images of great horror. In the US, it was called horrible <laughs> <laughs>
3: okay.
2: wow. in the US
0: in the u.s it was called it was called horrible apparently it's very sought after it is expensive collectible among fans can't tell you anything about it um here's another one for you um the boogeyman
2: well i'm gonna say that's real
0: You'd be correct to say it was real. The Boogeyman is real. Let me get, get it up here. Oh, my God. Oh. The oh, Boogeyman? <laughs> I don't want to alarm you, Marge, but there are Boogeyman <laughs> and all men that may be in the house. <laughs> um, yeah, it was released finally with 44 seconds of it cut in 1992. But for those of you after 1980s The Boogeyman, um, it was released uncut with those extra 44 seconds back in,
2: in the year 2000. Um, the next one for you Luke just a um, quick interlude here I think I've yeah. realised what TV show I'm going to watch and uh, make uh, Cat watch next The Simpsons all the prime oh, all the premiums you've fusions. done it <laughs> 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 there, you've got to keep going <laughs> The Simpsons okay so
0: that decision made with the boogeyman and or men um, the next one for you then Okay. butcher butcher baker nightmare maker
2: that's close to a real one, butcher baker candlestick maker. I am going to say that's a Nazi,
0: Luke. It is a video nasty. Oh no, uh, but- butcher baker nightmare maker, 1981, a horror mystery th- thriller. Uh, it was refused a video certificate in 1987 as the evil prodigy, and has not been re-released in the in the, in the UK.
3: Mm, can't 100%. see,
0: can't see it here even today. Um, how about then? Um cannibal feast.
2: Nazi. That's a Nazi. Yeah, yeah, I just
0: made that made that made that made that one up. Here. I thought
2: you can't do yep. four. No, I can't. I was only gonna Rome. do three.
0: Yeah.
2: Um
0: how about the Gestapo's last orgy? <sighs>
2: uh, I think I've seen that one. No. I am uh, gonna say that is a video nasty. I hope so. It is a video nasty, the yes. Gestapo's last orgy. Um uh, as fist pumping in celebration, but also I'm pretty sure that's uh, the motion from the film. Yeah.
0: That's what they do all the time. Yeah. And the Gestapo's last orgy. <laughs>
2: um they're celebrating about everything there. Uh,
0: there's an unusual I mean, not unusual, there's a lot of Nazi related films that were banned, oddly enough. Um Maybe we'll come to some more in a bit. But for the next one, how about Don't Go Into the House?
2: I like that name. I think that's like uh, mundane enough that someone one of the directors would have been like that's a killer. That's that's a killer title. I'm going to say yes, that is an, a video nasty. It is a video
0: nasty and I guess old Frederick North might have been watching that one because it's very similar to don't go into the church. Yeah. Um, there's a series of them. I can tell you that on, don't top, go into on the house, same list.
2: The sheds. Yep. Don't go in the well, chimney.
0: Don't go, don't go near the park. Not even in, <laughs> near. Don't go near the park and don't look in the basement. Uh, things that you mustn't yeah. do. Um, <laughs> bone storm
2: four, Luke. Bone storm four. For who? For, for, for profit <laughs> bone storm four um <laughs> i'm gonna i wanted to be a video nasty but i'm gonna say i mean it's so absurd. i mean you did you brainstorm that one did you bone storm that one <laughs> i'm gonna say bone, it's a nazi
0: it is a video nazi um i can't take credit for it though it is of course bone storm four is the video game that Bart Simpson wants to buy (laughs) (laughs) when he gets the putting challenge.
2: (laughs) Bones still poor.
0: (laughs) bones still poor. Um, What else do we have here? Um, Blood-soaked Moon. Nazi. Is a Nazi. That's just a take on another film that was on the nasty list called just the bloody moon. I don't know what the The bloody bloody moon. moon. I would have said Nazi. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, here we go. Um, last stop Nazis.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's gotta be a video. Nasty. Oh,
0: I've tricked you, Luke. It's a video Nazi. Um, I've taken the, the, the band film themes of, there is one called last stop massacre or something along those lines.
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: Um, There we go. Along with other films like The Night of the Howling Beast. Um, But yeah, that that one uh, one I'd made up. Um, Do I have any left on this list?
2: That's a good list, though. I would love to. I think that's all of them. What was there again? Just run through them really quickly and make it sound like you're not insane. Uh, Absurd.
0: Don't go in the house. Last stop, Nazis. Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker, The Gestapo's Last Orgy, The Boogeyman, Cannibal Feast, Bone Storm 4, Blood Murder Massacre, which I didn't say, and The Blood Soaked Moon. Some of those just were just activated at least 10
2: sleeper agents. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> the Winter Soldier is off, like, waiting for <laughs> orders as we speak. But no, um, for anyone who, you know, wants to subject themselves to 72 video nasties there is an imdb list that completes the complete list of 72 films that were banned in the uk during the 1980s and uh, were pulled from shelves by the by the vra um and it features other titles such as absurd flesh for frankenstein anthropopagus the grim reaper
2: i um, of anthropopagus
0: anthropopagus is is the grim reaper the bloody moon um the burning which you've seen right?
2: yeah, i've seen the burning yeah yeah
0: um cannibals in the streets um cannibal holocaust which you did you guys did an episode of yeah, yeah um don't go in the woods as well as near the park uh the driller killer which i think is a,
2: on a favorite, arrow, famous think. Now. yeah
0: faces of death which is out yeah. now um i spit on your grave which obviously is another another one yeah. that's around it's it's about these days um the Love Love Camp Seven. It's the Nazis again. Um, doesn't say Nazis in the title, but there is one of their uh, one of their badges on the cover there. Yeah. Toxic Zombies. Don't know that one. <laughs> Delirium. Don't go in the house. Don't go near the park. Don't
2: go in the chimney.
0: Evil Dead. The original Evil Dead was banned for a time. It was a video nasty. Yeah. So you did very well, Luke. Ten out of ten
2: lovely um thanks um i'm gonna do a new horror movie podcast where i review the best 10 uh video nasties i don't think i could do that i don't think i, I could stomach more than two couldn't eat a full one yeah
0: you couldn't get through even half a gestapo <laughs> war, let alone the last one
2: too filling too rich yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um come on we need to rate the movie okay i knew where i was gonna go but i've, I've changed my answer i think in talking about it
0: oh do you need a minute shall i go oh uh,
2: sorry I've, I've you're ready, I'm ready. yeah okay Oh go. Go. am i going
0: yeah if you're ready oh, okay
2: go. <laughs> <laughs> all right well i was gonna i was gonna go with a b i thought that's but i didn't even say this from the get go I was surprised by how easy this was to watch. Like, how mm. quick people, people in reviews are saying, Oh, nothing happens for the first I remember I watched, I was watching it in like 50 minutes had gone by, and I was like, What, where did that go? That was so engrossed like all the way through. Mm. It's a really fantastically involved film. Um, and thinking about it now, I was going to go with a B, it's going to be a B, solid movie. But then thinking about those last moments, you are right, that, that is some epic level filmmaking that at the end uh so it's gonna go i think oh, it's between b plus and a minus now i'm gonna go with a b plus yeah b plus that sounds about right
0: yeah i think if you give it if you're going to b plus you're giving yourself room for for time degrading I mean, it a little it's bit it's like
2: um what a, a c sharp and a D flat i mean yeah, I, could, exactly. I could go say it's an a minus at this point and no one would say it's any different to a b plus yeah
0: exactly it, it's it's so close <laughs> yeah. but um yeah I, i'm i'm with you luke it was incredibly easy to watch i'm not i'm not taking away the agency of those people that said oh you know nothing happens for the first bit and and so and so because i understand that uh, and if you go in there expecting bloody um
2: bone storm before you get all the other stuff like the, the films within the film yeah. You get your bloodlust sated satiated in that way.
0: Yeah, it's not it's not a slasher movie, and it's not it it's not that type of thing. It's a it's a it's a type of movie that maybe there are some people you would go in and think of sense, so you might look at the cover and you might think you're getting one thing and you're not. Yeah. But for me, going in and what was delivered from that film like you I found the characters really engrossing there is enough mystery there um, I think it's incredibly well acted everyone who's in it is is fantastic the the leads in particular um, are a great Michael smiley is effortlessly unlikable um, yeah. like a horrible a horrible creepy man um, a horrible creepy man and um, yeah yeah Everyone in it is great, and then, like you, I think that last 10 minutes that is um, and it's incredibly well made and I, I find the lighting and those aspect ratios really compelling throughout, mm-hmm. and the setting and the set dressing and all the other stuff was really well done, but that last 10 minutes is such, such smart filmmaking. Um, it is a technical thing um, marvel is a great one to to really look at and it's really really smart ways of filmmaking that how you can convey a message without it being a word in your script like people are saying one thing but they definitely mean another it's very smartly done Mm -hmm. um even if i don't watch this film very regularly this is a scene that I could come back and I think will will stick with me as one of those really great scenes in a horror movie and I might watch the scene even yeah. more than I watch the whole film
1: and I yeah, you know yeah.
0: I, I'd happily watch this scene in isolation very regularly um for example with this film like Karen had to go to bed last night so she didn't watch the end I had yeah. to you know I've had to recommend to her like next time you know I will I'll rent it again or something and she if if even if she doesn't watch the entire thing she should watch just this 10 minutes because it's well worth seeing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that can that goes to the entire film. So eventually getting around to it. I'm with you, Luca. I think a a B plus
2: is B sharp. my
0: long is my long uh, term.
2: of B sharp, is a long term for that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um cool, man, yeah. I think we're similarly similarly think, thinking similarly. I'd be interested to know what Ben thought. I think I don't know if he's watched it in his uh, coronavirus haze um yeah. who knows well you know what happens when you've got covid you can't you've got no taste have you so um if he doesn't like you then it's a matter of taste like, oh, D minus. <laughs> 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 yeah um cool all right well uh thanks for listening if you enjoyed the episode uh be sure to check out our patreon at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and cleaver we actually have me and andy have a a, a book out this week it came out as a hardcover collection of 30 uh short horror stories um so i think it's like it's a best of collection of our other podcasts the other stories go to the other stories.net forward slash best of and you'll know what i'm talking about uh but it's a great looking book i have to say yeah Uh, if your
0: shelf is lacking a little bit of gravitas if people come round and you know you feel like you're not getting the respect you deserve copy this book on there my Mm -hmm. Goodness, you'll have pizzazz at the wazoo. You'll be <gasps> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Um Yeah, it's uh, we're really, I think, all of us that are involved with it. There's what 30 stories in there, right, Luke? So, mm-hmm. so you some get some of the short, favorites short you've chosen over five years.
2: Yep, that's, uh, and there's only 100 hardcover books available. So, I think mean, there's only actually 75 left now. Uh, so go and pre order now. Uh, you've got stories from Andy, myself, Ben and a load of other great people uh, but it's um, I'm re- really proud of it we've been working on it for a long time so it's uh, definitely go check it if you like the horror hangout and you would like to support us as creators in some way it's probably a good way to do it uh, so yeah head over to theotherstories.net forward slash best of to at least have a look at it <laughs> uh, cool you know, All right.
0: not everyone can fit a hardcover on your shelves but that retweet button guys that's free
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks to Kovac Camera for our theme Music. Thanks to ACASP for hosting the show. Thanks to everyone in the Facebook group. You can go and join them by going to Horror Hangout Board of Advisors. Um, and thanks to the listeners. Give us a rating review in iTunes, and thanks to my co-host Andy, for being a right horror dude.
0: Thank you, Luke. Hashtag pray for Ben.
2: Yeah, hashtag pray for Ben. We wish them all the best hope he isn't feeling too bad um and hopefully his taste returns soon (laughs) right see you later Bye. Bye. bye